Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas, Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out, right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready for a different kind of Vegas experience with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome to Vegas Never Sleeps, an audio postcard from the fabulous Las Vegas Strip. I'm Stephen Maggi. When you think about Las Vegas, what comes to mind? Bright lights, big stars, bells ringing from slot machines, wonderful food and drink. But just a few miles away from all this excitement, you can also find a nature wonderland. The incredible desert topography is all around you, and there's no better way to explore it than with an experienced guide. Today, you'll meet Daniel Clark of Rogue Hiking. But don't be alarmed by the word hiking. Daniel says his desert tours can be taken by any group, regardless of their fitness level. After communing with nature, how about an incredible meal with unique wines and gourmet food? And at an affordable price? Yep, you can find this just off the strip on Spring Mountain Road at Mordeo's Boutique Wine Bar. You'll meet the genius behind Mordeo's, Master Sommelier Luis de Santos, all part of our October kickoff to our new feature, The Vegas Good Life. And speaking of regular features, this week our regulars are back. Up first is Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com. Scott says that there are still great deals in Vegas, but most of them now are away from the Strip. Brett Maley of Pawn Stars is back with his Vegas Art Minute. Today, Brett discusses Prince from the Masters. Finally, Michael Shackelford, also known as the Wizard of Odds, is back again. This week, Michael finishes his thoughts about video poker. If you're a regular visitor to Las Vegas, and I mean somebody that comes several times a year and likes outdoor activities, you know the desert can be an incredible place. And if you don't, you got to check this guy out. With us today is Daniel Clark. His company is called Rogue Hiking, but... Don't get scared. It's really something you can do and uh, have fun with. And Daniel, we're doing this, of uh, course, in the uh, middle of the summer. Yes. This is a little bit different time for you, right? I mean, you're not out there at 1 o'clock, are you, you know, hiking when it's 110 no. or something? No, we're, we're currently in the summertime, we're doing a 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. tour. Oh, that makes sense. I guess it's kind of like golf, right? We're... At the, you know, that type of day, you got to stop. And then in the wintertime, though, you pretty much go, I, I guess, all, all day, right? Yeah, we can do several tours a day, starting at, uh, depending on the light, we can start at 7 a.m., and we can fit in up to four tours a day. Well, you're going to teach people a lot about the topography out here, the history, and so forth. Let's talk a little about you first, though. You kind of grew up with nature, right? I mean, this is something that you've been passionate about really since the earliest days. Sure. I was, I was raised on a farm in the Midwest, northern Illinois, and uh, part of the farm was lowland floodplain just east of the Mississippi River. And as a child, me and my dog would go out and walk along the drainage ditches and, you know, with the, all the wildlife, white-tailed deer and beaver and, and the ducks and everything. And it was just, it, that was like the, the solitude to get away from people and just go out and enjoy nature. And it's kind of like Mark Twain, right? We had the Mississippi just calls you. You knew that you were going to do something there. You know, it eventually it did call me. When I left the farm, um, I basically went to the river looking for work. 
and I went. I was going to be hired on as a barge hand is what I wanted to do, working on towboats, and they told me I was too small. And I, I told them, I said, you know, I'm a farm kid. Give me your gear, put me to the test, and I'll go out there and I'll carry it the length of the tow. And they're like, no, you're too small. So I went home. I was kind of depressed, and I was living with my, living with my parents on the farm. And my mother suggested, she's like, well, if you want to work on a river, why don't you go to the casino boat? And you could probably wear a nice uniform, and you might be able to meet some girls and not be surrounded by sweaty guys all day. And I thought, well, that's a great idea. Yeah, that's appealing, right? (laughs) So I walked up, and they just happened to be looking for a deckhand. And I got hired as an entry-level deckhand on a casino boat. That's great. So who knew that the world of casinos and stuff, although you're not in a casino here, but you're around them, certainly... How did you get out to Nevada? Well, I spent, uh, like I said, I started on the casino boat. I was there for nine and a half years. I had my captain's license in 17 months. So I was eight years as a captain and was vacationing in Las Vegas, as many people do. And in the late 90s, me and my girlfriend at the time came out. And in 1997, we were staying at the Excalibur and saw an advertisement uh, brackard brochure for the Desert Princess on Lake Mead. And we thought, well, there's a lake nearby. Let's go check that out, right? As a boat captain, I got to check that out. Right. I got to see this boat. So we went out in 97 to ride the boat, and we actually just missed the boat. As we were pulling up, they blew the horn. They took off from the dock. I, I record on VHS tape. I'm like, there, there it goes. So we came back the next year, 98, and we got on the boat. And we were four people on the 10 a.m. tour, and as we were heading into the dam, walked by the pilot house, and I had a crew shirt on from the casino boat in the Midwest. And the captain opened the window, and he said, you know, we started this conversation. Yeah. And I said, man, this would be like a great retirement job. I could come out and do this. He's like, why wait for retirement? He's like, you know, just apply. He's like, I'm actually going to Lake Tahoe, and we're going to be hiring people. Wow. So I, I went home, emailed the company, started a conversation with the sales manager, and Sent my resume, nothing really happened with it, and for five years, I'm, I'm sitting in the Midwest on a casino boat thinking, this could be fun. And yeah. at that point, the casino boats were starting to downsize the cruise responsibilities. You used to have to cruise, you know, every two hours. You were two hours mm-hmm. dockside, two hours underway, and that got reduced to 100 cruises a year. was your only obligation, which companies then did. So as one of four captains yeah. on a <laughs> boat, that's I got 20 cruises a year. So you're sitting there really not doing what you wanted to do. So after that's five years cool. of thinking about it, yeah. I moved out here, actually brought my houseboat from the Mississippi River, hauled it out to Lake Mead, walked it up to Lake Mead Cruises with a resume and a cover letter. And within three days in town, they interviewed me, and they said, we're looking for a part-time captain. That's outstanding. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing of being a captain like that you made it sound like it didn't take you all that long i thought that was a little more involved what, what was that process you know well the process basically is you have to do time on the boat uh license size that you're applying for which is in in my instance was a hundred ton master's license so as a deckhand when i started we were cruising every two hours so you got a lot of sailing time so i quickly acquired the time and first i got my mate's license which only takes 180 days mm-hmm. of now four-hour cruises. So I had my mate's license, and then when I had the 360 days required for the master's, it's really just filing paperwork. Cool. So how do you get from the world on the water, so to speak, to uh, climbing the hills and walking around on the ground? Well, that kind of came out of um, 
from, from Lake Mead, I ended up going to Alaska for the past five summers. I was in Alaska. First three years, we were doing transports to a glacier, the Davidson Glacier, uh, west of Haines. And then the last two years, last two summers, I was in Juneau doing whale watching. Hmm. So I was subjected to tourism in Alaska, the cruise ship industry. And with my tourism experience on Lake Mead, taking people out on the Desert Princess, and then taking people out in southeast Alaskan waters, um, it was a whole different tourism package. Yeah. And it, it was all about the experience. You know, you're taking people to the glacier, you're taking people out and seeing the whales. And while I was up there, I did some uh, hikes, because most companies do hikes up there. And I was kind of disappointed as I went on these hikes within a couple of different companies that they really weren't educating people at the level that I expected them to. In a moment, you'll hear more from Daniel Clark, founder of Rogue Hiking. Time now once again for your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com. We've been talking to Scott the last couple of weeks about the perception that Vegas no longer has great deals. Scott says that's not true. There are good deals. You just have to get away from the strip to find them. The reality is that those are the most expensive uh, resorts, casinos, hotels to maintain. So I totally get that things are going to cost more. There are still places where there's value. You go to Ellis Island and you walk up and you order that beer and it's $1.75 and it's huge. Your mind is blown and they are taking full advantage of that. Downtown, uh, the Boulder Strip, uh, a lot of places people don't even know about. Uh, there is value. I'm biased because I work downtown, but even downtown, parking fees, resort fees for the most part. Uh, so a lot of those things, they're to a lesser degree, but they still exist. I, I think overall, the Strip is still an amazing place. There's spectacle. These hotels are the most beautiful in the world. The service at the restaurants is the best you'll ever find. But it's, it really is so much about perception. And until these executives understand that that perception is changing, they can't do anything about it, and they're in full-blown denial about it. No matter how much they hear about it, they're like, We've done a focus group and nobody complained. And I'm like, well, if that's what, if that's what you're going to base it on, base it on that. But I'm telling you, by the time you realize what's up, it's going to be too late. Scott will be back again next week. Don't forget to check out VitalVegas.com every day. And when it comes to Vegas, nobody knows it better. In a moment, you'll hear more from Daniel Clark, founder of Rogue Hiking. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, coast to coast on the BizTalk Radio Network. Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Daniel Clark, founder of Rogue Hiking, a great way to experience the Nevada desert. You know, right. We, we, it's we, the experience part again, right? Where you want somebody to leave with more than just I went for a hike. Right. And it kind of was like they were just giving exercise to tourism, you know, to cruise ship passengers. We're out there walking through the Tongass National Forest, second largest rainforest in the world, the largest temperate rainforest. And you're walking down a path, and there are, there's moss just covering the ground, you know, and vines coming down and, and, and all kinds of nature that you're just walking through, and people were not educating us on that. 
Yeah, you're really missing something there because it's an incredible experience, but how much more incredible when you realize some of the things, what's going on here and how unusual it is and how right. you're right in the middle of it. Right, and, and there, a lot of the tour guides up there are very, very knowledgeable. But due to time restraints, they're kind of quickly going down a path because there's another group coming behind them because it's a very busy situation. And I thought how, how cool it could be if a company would just slow it down, take a section of it, not even go that far, but just teach people about what they're walking right. through. And So the more I thought about it, I thought, why is nobody doing that in a desert? Because when I moved out here 17 years ago, I quickly realized how much life is in a desert. You know, I've been, I've been walking the western shoreline of Lake Mead for 17 years on my own. And you go, if you step off trail, there's all kinds of wildlife, plants that are surviving there with four inches of annual precipitation. There's not a lot of water. The plants are living. And that interested me. And I thought, well, through my own interest and self-teaching myself, I thought, why not? Yeah. Share this with other people. Well, first of all, it's a great parallel to like what you were talking about in Alaska, where if you think of people on a cruise ship and so forth, and they're kind of into that whole experience, that excursion is something they didn't go for that. But wow, this is a different thing. Same thing here. People come out to Vegas to gamble and eat and drink and all that. But to come out in the daytime uh, for people that like nature and even the people that don't, I I think you're right in the sense that the desert is so different and underappreciated. The beauty out here is really unique. It really is. And, And there's so much out there. Like I was just saying, there's so much that if you step off the road, driving down the road, you can't see it. You know, you're not, you're not going to see the, the lizards and the jackrabbits and the quail and everything that's out there. But if you park the car and you step off and you start walking across what looks like barren desert, you'll be surprised what's out there. Oh, I'll bet. Well, you know, jackrabbit. I saw a rabbit out one of those things. Those are different rabbits, folks. You're a little scared of those rabbits. They look at you in a different way than the little bunny does hopping across your uh, residential street, right? I mean, it's just, it's just a different it's their It's their world. Right. And we have, we have the black... Black-tailed uh, jackrabbit here, mm-hmm. which is a very unique type of rabbit. It's, um, it has a very large ears, and it's actually got its name from earlier, you know, pioneers that, that first saw them said they looked like jackasses, like, like donkeys. <laughs> yeah. So they called, them, they called them jackrabbits. That's how they got their That's name. That's they came. First of all, the company's name is Rogue Hiking. And when I first heard that, I thought to myself, okay, this sounds – my immediate thought was, okay, this guy's going to do some off-the-grid stuff. Actually, though, when I found out what Rogue actually means, it's great. I want you to kind of go through it because when you understand what those each letter means, you really get kind of the key of what you're doing before you even start. Correct. It's, it's an acronym. It's RAW – Outdoor guided, unique, educational hiking. It, yeah, and, 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 and the unique we, part kind of goes through the other four letters, right? You, right. The unique's the important part, right? So. We we go off trail with with minimal disturbance. It's important, you know. We did get permission from the national park to do that, and they realized, you know, we're doing it from a professional point of view, and you really have to be careful, you know, not to disturb things, but. It's the off-trail thing that, that like I just said, I, I, did, I did not want to just p- take people down a public trail. Right. 
You know, I, I didn't want they that could do that themselves, it. right? In a exactly. sense, exactly. You're kind of responsible for this. You know what you're going into. Is there like a little part before you start, maybe a few minutes, where you just go, all right, here are some of the rules of the oh, yeah. outdoors? Yeah, we do a safety message before we start, and we prep people and tell them how to approach with minimal disturbance, you know, and, and you don't want people shuffling their feet and pulling on plants. And, of course, we don't have any pets. We're, we don't want any, right. you know, dogs out there scaring the wildlife, even if you get the, the best behaved dog in the world you know that jackrabbit doesn't know what that dog's going to do it's never seen it and we don't want to disturb things now is there any kind of dangerous things that people have to be aware of and of course you know how to deal with but is there something they need to look out for snakes or anything like that well you know the snakes are out there but for one thing they're you know they're they're not really out during the day that much and unlike you know people that don't know snakes don't realize they don't want to attack you yeah, they yeah. want you to leave, right? Wildlife does not want to attack you. Yeah. They prefer that you leave. So they're going to, to lay there stealthily, you know, and, yeah. and within the rocks. You can find them. I mean, if you want right. to find a rattlesnake, I can help you find one. More with Daniel Clark, founder of Rogue Hiking, in just a moment. Time now for your Vegas Art Minute with Brett Maley of Pawn Stars and one of the owners of Art Encounter. Today... Brett discusses prints. You guys have a lot of Picassos available. People see it and somebody said, oh my God, that seems really reasonable. Well, they didn't understand the idea of a print versus the actual um, original piece of art and so forth. Kind of, Can you run us through the steps? I know there's all different things. Obviously, we can start with the original piece and that, that obviously is the most valuable of any piece of art. Sure. And an artist like Picasso, we mentioned, he was a master of all sorts of different media, everything from obviously oils on canvas to lithography to engravings, uh, stone lithography. So he could do it all. And yes, at the, the top of the pyramid, so to speak, you've got the original work, which is the one-of-a-kind oil on canvas that Picasso hand-painted, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. The thing about a lot of the masters, especially of the 19th and 20th century that people don't understand, though, is those artists were very much uh, involved in the printmaking process. It wasn't like a lot of art nowadays where it's a poster off of a, you know, off of a printing press where they print them tens of thousands at a time. For example, uh, Picasso would actually engrave the copper engraving plate. He would actually do the etching himself. And in many cases, he would actually pull the print from the plate. So he was every bit as involved in that process as he was in the painting process. Now, the value isn't going to be quite as high because often they were done in multiples. And when there's 50 of something out there, it's going to be less valuable than if it was uh, an original one-of-a-kind painting. But artists like Chagall, like you know Matisse and... Picasso, those were artists that took printmaking very seriously and thought of it every bit the fine art that original painting was. You can find Art Encounter on their website, artencounter.com. And remember, when you're in town, call them and mention Vegas Never Sleeps. They'll send a limo to your hotel to bring you down to the gallery. In a moment, you'll hear more from Daniel Clark, founder of Rogue Hiking. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, nationwide on the BizTalk Radio Network. I'm Bobby Brooks Wilson, and you're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi.
You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Today's show is brought to you in part by the Orleans Hotel and Casino, the best deal in Vegas. Great rooms and dining at an incredible price. Call for reservations or make them online at orleanscasino.com. You are listening to Daniel Clark, founder of Rogue Hiking, the very best way to see the desert topography. And the thing I'm so interested in is the whole idea of Hoover Dam. I mean, you get into things like what the workers were doing and it was in the Depression. There's really a lot to it that what, that's not just nature-based. Right. It's, it's the human story. We cover that on the tours because, you know, people can go do the Hoover Dam tour. You can do the dam tour. You can get on the Desert Princess. You can do the water tour. But we're really the only one doing a land right. tour. And we, through my own investigation, I have gone out and I have found some of the original campsites how did they get by there? It's almost, it's just not meant to be lived in like that. Right. It was tough times and people were desperate. My thought is, getting a little older, you know, we're talking about the heat. I'm not one of those guys that could have made it in the Depression in my best days. Right. So can anybody go out there? I mean, what are the requirements? I mean, can, can senior citizens go out there? Is it okay to have kids out there? What's that? How does that work? Yeah, we're, really, we're for anybody because it's low impact non-elevation climbs, groups of 12 people or less, so we can go at their pace. Well, okay, we, we got to do this. How do we reserve a time and so forth? Because I imagine there's a, you know, a lot of, uh, we don't want to miss the opportunity if it's a busy day or something. Yeah, on our website, www.roguehiking.us, you can book your tour. It's all there. The pricing's there. All the options are there. Everything is prepaid in full. And then we'll get the reservation. Once you make that reservation, you'll be contacted by me personally, by email and or phone. We'll confirm it. If you need, if you need transportation, we'll arrange it. It's great. Presidential Limousine tells me that they can have a, a limo anywhere in this town within an hour. That's incredible. And, and those are great limos, by the way. Just yes, as they a are. Side note. Roguehiking.us. That's the interesting part. .us. Correct. We're going to be out there, Daniel. Thank you so much. Best of luck. And, Come on uh, out. We'll, we'll give you a tour. We'll, and we'll have to do something maybe in the wintertime and talk a little about the differences of the summer and winter. We look forward to it. What's better after a hike in the desert than an incredible dining experience in town? Las Vegas, as you know, has some of the greatest wine in the world, and we're talking to one of the great master sommeliers. You know how difficult that is. We've talked about it for weeks, and now we have the owner of a great place you have to go to, Mordillo Boutique Wine Bar. Not only is the wine great, but the food's great there. This is the owner and master sommelier, Louis de Santos. Well, Louis, first of all, whatever made you uh, decide to open something like this? I mean, it's just a unique, uh, kind of explain what you've got going on here, because it's sort of a unique approach, and I think people are really going to enjoy it. I, I think it was a collaborated dream effort of uh, Chef Kai and myself to do something together, to work together. And it was a vision between a retail store, uh, a wine retail store, and also the, the wines of Spain, I mean, the food of Spain. And so through our travels, we, uh, we visited numerous times Barcelona, uh, more specifically the Bocoria. And Bocoria is this famous market that allows you to sort of um, taste some of these wonderful food from seafood to the jamón, right, the fruits, and uh, just other things of seafood that you can actually order and figure it out. 
And so it was such a discovery of this wine bar. Uh, it's actually, it's called Bar Central in the middle, which is basically a, a bar with a side-by-side -side dining and you kind of order your food and they just kind of go with the flow. Um, and so that kind of inspired us a little bit with the, with the taste of, of Spain and also allowing some simple foods made, made so good, right? I mean, they're fresh because of quality and we feel that that should be done. Uh, uh, I think that really attracted us to do this, this project. Well, there's no question about it. This is a place that's really easy to get to. It's right off the strip. It's just down a little ways. And, you know, you talk about simple foods, and that's exactly. I had skirt steak, which is a simple food, and it was incredible what you do. And, and it's like you took something simple like that, and yet it's a flavor I'll never forget. It is. I think it's, they always say it's not simple. It's not. Um, the simplicity is the idea behind it. Being complex is when you experience it. Um, it comes with the quality. We have always believed the quality, but at the same time, a balance being off the strip, right? Not being on the resort world and being sort of the mom and pop places. Uh, we want to bring value, and that's really what we really emphasize. Um, our, our, our objective was to, to tap in into the local people and also the industry, people that are working their, their, you know, their shift, and then after that, where do, they, where do they go eat afterwards? And that's the idea behind Mordeo. Mordeo is a Latin for small bites or bite. It is an emotional attachment because it could be a small nibble or something big. Imagine you have a tomahawk on your hand, which is a big ribeye with the bone and you're just like enjoying it. Or just a very fanciful kind of like hors d'oeuvres that you can kind of like um, enjoy. Yeah, and this is one of those places where all the chefs come down to eat in their off time, which is incredible. The wine, okay, you're a master sommelier. We all know how difficult that is. But you're doing something that's really different. You're selling these. You have an incredible wine list. And I'm looking at it, and I'm going, wow, this is affordable. You can have that really expensive bottle of wine, and it's not going to break the bank because you haven't marked it up three or four times. Yeah, I mean, that value, right? It comes down to value, even the food. You know, our steak that Chef Kai have actually uh, initiated uh, almost a year ago uh, with our relationship and sourcing out quality. Again, it comes back to that. Um, we're about 80 to to $100 cheaper. Now, that could change because people are finding out. That's okay, but at least we know in our heart we're the one who started doing that because of value in mind. Same thing goes with wine. You know, we have anywhere from $9 a glass, which probably unheard of. To, to be seeing on this trip. Now, you can see it off the strip on mom and pop, it's okay. But the whole idea is discovery, it's not about that. You can come to Mordeo, have a glass of wine, a skewer, and really walk out spending maybe $14 on your meal. However, that really happens because we have this thing called Spanish dim sum phenomena that attracts you to go, ooh, what is that, right? Like, I, I think it kind of happened with you when, on your last visit. Well, yeah, it, it did. And, you know, the other thing is everybody here is very approachable. Everybody knows things. You can come over and introduce people to wines. Again, if, if this is a hobby, if you're really a foodie, this is a place you want to go. I think that speaks for itself. Both Chef Kai and myself are, are foodies. We enjoy great food through our travels, um, being expanded to uh, different flavors of food. But just really the simplicity is really our goal, uh, to find the best product and simplify. And then obviously the concept here at Mordeo allows you to be part of that Barcelona, Bocaria, stepping outside the busy lives that we do day to day. And you walk in in this modern chic design, 
The first thing you see is obviously this beautiful wine cellar that kind of attracts you go, hey, there's some good bottles floating in that cellar, right? And then right next to it, you got the meat locker that kind of sort of give you an idea what that is. And then it really the key thing is the ambience. And what that ambience consists is, of course, the staff itself. You know, I believe in any businesses is you invest in the staff. It's not about Chef Kai and myself. It's the idea. But the people that really execute that ambience with, with us managing expectation are the, are the people that we're surrounded with, which is our staff. More with Mordeo's owner and master sommelier, Luis DeSantos, in just a few moments. Time now for statistician, actuary, and expert in gaming odds and probabilities, the Wizard of Odds, Michael Shackelford. Our sponsor, the Orleans, has a number of video poker machines I've seen walk by. 99.4, 99.5% return, that kind of thing. But that same machine will have maybe 10 different games. Does that 99% apply to all the whatever 10? Or is that just for the basic or what? It's probably just for one of them. So, yeah, to rephrase it, it's a multiplayer machine where you can pick amongst a whole host of different video poker games. And if there's a sign that says this machine pays back 99.4%, it's probably just one of them. So you have to know the return for every game and every pay table. And I'm not saying you have to memorize it. I have a thing on my website called the Video Poker uh, Cheat Sheet, I think I call it, where, and it's a PDF guide. You print that out and it shows the return of all the major games and all the pay tables you may encounter. Well, and the thing that really makes a difference, even from a statistical standpoint, is unlike a slot machine where it just comes up whatever it comes up, at least here you have some choices, you can do strategies, which I guess is why you feel like you're saying some of the worst video poker games are some better than some of the best slots. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And with video poker, you're absolutely right. You have control over your own destiny, and you're rewarded for doing your homework and knowing how to play the cards. And sometimes it's not easy. Do you hold three to a royal or a high pair? Do you hold three to a royal or four to a flush? Things like that. You just have to know it, and my website will tell you, like I said, how to play any hand for any game and any pay table. The Wizard will be back again next week. More with Mordeo's owner and master sommelier, Luis DeSantos, in just a few moments. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, coast to coast on the BizTalk Radio Network. Now, let's return to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to the owner of Mordeo's Boutique Wine Bar and Master Sommelier, Luis DeSantos. One thing I notice here is people seem to enjoy working here. I mean, you just watch it. And it's an interesting place in the sense that it's not your typical restaurant with tons of tables around. There's a bar. People seem to enjoy. It's got kind of all the best of both worlds. you got the best part of a, of a neighborhood bar with incredible food and wine that you never see anywhere else, you know, unless you come to Las Vegas. And that's exactly the, the whole goal is to target our locals, and our industry people, we, you know, they already work as hard as they, they do. And the last thing is just like somebody being invited at home. We want. And that's really the true experience that I, coming from my background with being able to work with some of the best chefs and best restaurant, 
Um, it's just the idea that we put together. I think it's key. No difference than you come to my home. The last thing I want is have you pick up your food and clean after yourself. No, it's hospitality. And it's old school. I think what's been missing in Vegas is the recognition that I used to, uh, uh, to admire going to other places, even if they didn't know you or anything, but you felt welcome coming in and leaving. They go, hey, we'll see you tomorrow or next week. Yeah, I love that. If you're looking for a great deal, by the way, you have a thing called the Power Lunch. And I was looking at the menu. I don't know if it changes all the time or whatever, but it's a heck of a deal. Kind of talk about what that is, because I love that concept, Power Lunches. It is. Power lunch, right? And that kind of derived from the ideology because coming from the distribution side back in the prior to doing this venture with Chef Kai, I work with uh, Southern Glazer Wine Spirits, and you know that's what we did. We entertain clients to to capture their time, and we we frequent certain places, but that's been limiting. Um, I think the true power lunch is you come in, we, we, we will do our best to get you out within an hour. Now, it's a little bit fast to eat, but some people do need to come back to work and just enjoy that meal and then and do the whole thing. So it's a three-course prefix meal uh, that starts at $28. Uh, you can supplement. So the beauty of supplements, you give you a, s- a slight choice. The reason it's prefix is because we want to make sure, like what happened today, everybody came all at once and everybody was in a timely manner, and, and everybody seems to enjoy it. So, I mean, it's, it's a three-course meal. I mean, this is like a gourmet meal under 30 bucks. I mean, kind of this day, it's unheard of. And I know there's a lot of people that think of Vegas, like you say, old school. They think of the days when they could come and get that great steak dinner and stuff. Well, now it's steak and then some, but it's that great deal again. And you're, you're eating this incredible meal, and it's... Do you find that people are starting to find their way? Because I think this is really a great place to, if you don't have a rent a car, go ahead and uh, get an Uber or a Lyft and come down here. And I think that's that's the dynamic that's happening. It's uh, you can with this self uh, ride sharing technology, you can just hop on from the strip. We we picked this location for a couple things, um, somewhat central to that opportunity. Granted, the locals will definitely support you. It's our core, our industry. However, it doesn't hurt to, to be able to tap into some of the uh, out-of-towners who've heard of us uh, that are wanting to do something different and experience. And I think once they experience Mordeo, they come back and, and bring more f- people. Now, I always say, we can't please everyone, right? Because they'll go in here and go, hey, how come it's only bar seating? Well, that's the whole story. That's why we start with the story of Barcelona side-by-side dining because if you've been there or at least have the idea, you, the first thing on your mind is like, Oh my God, this reminds me, right? That's how the conversation starts. And that's when we put a little smile because that's the whole uh, objection of what we're objective that we try to do is, is to get people to, to feel that way. Yeah. As far as location goes, you're on Spring Mountain Road, and I think it's worthwhile for people to take a trip down Spring Mountain because there is all sorts of interesting cuisines and so forth up and down the strip, and yours being one of the very best, but it's just it's good to know about. Oh, yeah, this is the, what they call the... Uh, uh, the Chinatown, but it's more than that. It's Asia Alley, right? People talk about food halls and everything. Well, this is the whole, it's a little bit expansive. I think it's three miles in, in length, um, over 250 different dynamics of, of Asian cuisine from different cultures, uh, but only a few uh, that are actually, um, uh, I think, outside to the Asian. And us being one of them, I mean, our friends from Sparrow and Wolf, our friends from Partage, to give you a little uh, uh, French style, and obviously and a couple more Spanish derivatives right here from EDO, Tapas. Uh, but it's nice to see that. Um, 
and I think it's it's becoming and and I think I get flack for this is that this is what downtown wanted to do and we're proud to say that I think centralized Spring Mountain is really what downtown is in in a sense that allow you to have that access uh, with fine dining and 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 be able to just make it a uh, a hop of a evening so you're not stuck in one restaurant absolutely you know 15 minute drive uh, depending on what time of the day well worth the trip let's tell people i know by this time they've heard about this and they want to come where can they go online to first of all find out more about it and then to make reservations so our site's simply uh, www.mordeolv that's m o r d as in david e o l v.com uh, you can book directly there or just like I said, call us here at 702-545-0771 to book your reservation or seats. Uh, and uh, more than happy to, uh, to accommodate uh, some of the requests. We hope you're enjoying our new segment, The Vegas Good Life, which is also available as a podcast on our website, VegasNeverSleeps.com. Have you been Portnoyed yet? Well, you should be. What does that actually mean, Neil Portnoy? Well, you know, Mona Van something. She's a psychic. Her name just slips me at the moment. At one of my networking events said, you know, you're nobody in Vegas until you've been Portnoyed. I went, ooh, I kind of like that. So we started marketing, doing those portrait caricatures, and it's really caught on. Everybody wants to be Portnoyed. And what Portnoyed means is, you send me a photograph, and I do a realistic cartoon caricature. Realistic looks just like you, and then I cartoon the body. And you then become part of the Portnoyd Wall of Honor here at Portnoy Gallery, which now, since its inception in 2017, has got over 60 members on the wall. It's the new Sardis of Las Vegas. Absolutely. Our own John, the announcer, is there. How do we get information we want to get Portnoyd? Uh, you can call the gallery at 702-685-2929 or on social media, Facebook, Portnoy Gallery, artist Neil Portnoy, Neil Portnoy, idrawpeople.com, and probably about six other places that at my age memory is the second thing that goes. Next week, you'll meet an old friend, tattoo artist, and former star of Bad Ink, Dirk Vermin. Thanks for listening. Please follow us on all the social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Have a great weekend. This is Stephen Maggi reminding you, Vegas never sleeps. Vegas, here we go! Vegas, here we go!